Praise the Lord. It's Pastor Jerry Roberts once again coming into your living rooms, your vehicle, iPad, Roku, however it is you're watching or listening. Praise God. We're just so grateful that you're uh, connecting with us um, and listening in on it. So anyway, I just want to tell you again, thank you for uh, just giving us this opportunity uh, to speak to you, to bring a word to you. It was our heart that through all this uh, that uh, we would still bring forth a word on our midweek services, on our Sunday services, praise God, even though I'm here talking to an empty room, but in the meantime, here I am talking to you right now in your living room, praise God. And I just want to say this, we miss y'all. I mean, this is probably more for all those that I see on a regular basis, but uh, I just want to let everybody know how much we're missing uh, seeing y'all. And uh, we just want to just tell you again, we love you, appreciate you, amen, and we're grateful that you're listening in, praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the Word here. Uh, got a message for you today. Uh, the last several weeks, of course, been working on, you know, eliminating fear and, uh, you know, taking authority over fear in our lives. Uh, I believe it was last week we took some time and talked about, uh, you know, uh, out of Psalms 91, our covenant of protection. Amen. And again, just dealing with eliminating fear. Today, what I'm going to do here is we're going to do, um, I'm going to talk about our covenant of commitment, but I'm, I'm coming at it with an area of um, uh, communion, all right? So we're going to, in a sense, do a communion service today. So um, the blessing of where you're at right now um, is the fact that you can pause <laughs> and you can go take care of whatever and come back and start her up again. Now, I'm... Uh, I'm here, I'm not going to have that privilege, but, but uh, what I did is I got some uh, the elements, uh, communion elements, and, uh, uh, and I'm going to ask you sometime during the message maybe you go ahead and grab, uh, you know, either, uh, you know, uh, you got the elements at home, that's great. If you don't, then you, you grab like a cracker or something and, and uh, maybe a juice or whatever it is that works for you, um, you know, and then... Uh, by the time we're at the end of this service, we're going to head and take communion together, all right? Again, it's a little bit different because of uh, how this is all, you know, I'm talking to an empty room and you're all sitting there in your living room or whatever. And so, but we're going to try, try our best here to, uh, to make this work, all right? Um, you might say, well, I don't, have, uh, I don't have any of the elements. Well, you know, go find a cracker, go find a chip or something. And uh, for whatever it's worth, um, years ago, I heard a testimony uh, by a man by the name of uh, T.L. Osborne, who, uh, um, you know, a wonderful uh, evangelist and uh, a man that went around the world preaching the gospel everywhere and had multiple, um, uh, you know, healings and miracles and all kinds of stuff. And one year, uh, I believe it was in Africa he was at, and he was uh, going to do a service, and he felt like in his heart he was supposed to do communion. Well, you know, they didn't have all the elements. They didn't have the you know, the little, you know, communion cup and the, the juice or whatever they used or the, the little bread or whatever. Uh, but they did find something they could use, some crackers they could use for, uh, for, the, uh, for the bread. And they, uh, they, all they had was Coca-Cola. Now, now, hear this, all right? So Coca-Cola. So they ended up doing communion with crackers and Coca-Cola. And they had themselves a miracle service after they took communion. They had all kinds of signs and wonders. I mean, the lame got up and walked, uh, the blind saw, the deaf heard, uh, could hear again, and, uh, you know, it was quite a service. And, and here they did it with using Coca-Cola. Now, now, for whatever, I think that'd be great commercial for Coca-Cola, wouldn't you think? Now, so I'm just telling you that for this reason, just say no matter what you got, uh, we can we can still do this together, even though you may not have the uh, you know the the same thing I'm using here. So I'm just telling you that ahead of time, so you could pause it and go get what you need to get. But we're going to go to First Corinthians chapter ten, please, and we're going to do verse twenty three is where we'll start. We'll probably grab more of this text here later in the service, but we're going to go to verse um, twenty three. And it says this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, 
he took bread. Now, what they're talking about is the we always refer to as uh, the Lord's Supper. All right. Now, what they're doing, uh, they're uh, partaking of the Passover. Okay. Uh, and if you remember the Passover, when the children of Israel were, uh, when they, uh, you know, before they left Egypt, uh, the last uh, last plague that came through there through Egypt uh, was uh, the firstborn that had uh, uh, were being uh, being killed. Okay, and that's kind of a rough way of saying it. But bottom line is, they did what they called the Passover. So they uh, they they killed the lamb. They, uh, they used the blood to, to put on the doorpost and, and, and the, 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 all the way around the door, top and the sides. And then they ate, as a family, they ate the lamb. They, they roasted the lamb and ate it. And uh, so every year after that, then what they would do is, is celebrate the Passover feast, okay, which always included the lamb and, and the, the uh, stuff, everything partaking of the lamb and the blood, all, everything about that. Well, now... Here we are up to Jesus' day, and he's sitting down with his disciples and partaking of this Passover, all right? And he even makes the comment uh, in, uh, I believe it's Luke 22, he says, with fervent desire, I think he says, with fervent desire, I have desired to sit and to eat the Passover with you, okay? Now, I, I said that for this reason, because here he is, you know, uh, Paul's talking about when Jesus sat down to eat and partake of the Passover, that he's sitting down with those uh, in whom betrayed him. They betrayed him. Uh, you know, just in a matter, actually in a matter of, of moments, matter of minutes, or maybe, you know, within a couple hours here or whatever, uh, here they are, they're partaking of the Passover, and, you know, that before the night's out, every one of them betrayed him. And uh, so it's, it's necessary to, to understand what where Paul's talking about here because mainly because of in this text, um, there are some things he's dealing with. A lot of times we just we take communion and we just kind of refer to the blood and the, and the body and, and, and we kind of do our thing and, 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 and kind of move on. But in context, there was issues in the church. Okay, the Corinthian church was having some problems. They were having some strife and contention, uh, the dissension that was going on, a lot of a lot of turmoil, and so he's addressing some things, okay? So that in context, that's what he's talking about. So here we're seeing, you know, Jesus, he's talking about Jesus, that even the night when he's partaken of the elements with his disciples, knowing, okay, he knew what was going to happen, okay, knowing that before the night's out, they're all betraying him. And uh, uh, so anyway, it's just something to keep in mind, okay, so let's, let's go ahead and read further on here. So let me go ahead and read verse uh, 24 now. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, talking about the bread, and said, take, uh, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as... Uh, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. In other words, you proclaim, you, you declare it. In other words, as often as you do this, okay, what you're doing, amen, because remember he says you're doing all of this in remembrance of me. So every time we do this, we're proclaiming something, we're declaring something. Uh, we're showing forth something or speaking forth something. Amen. We're expressing something here, okay? And what it says here in this text, in verse 26, it says the Lord's death till He comes. Okay? The Lord's death till He comes. All right? Now what He's talking about is the price that was paid. We're proclaiming or declaring uh, what He has done. Amen. The price that was paid for you and me. So that's why this whole thing is really a covenant meal. And what we're doing, every time we partake of it, we're doing it in remembrance of what He's done for us. Okay? And, and you know, it's necessary to bring this out because a lot of times I've seen people that partake of it, they don't even have a clue what they're doing. They just say, well, you know, in church you're supposed to do this, you know, once a month or whenever they do it, you know, this is what we do. And, and they, you know, you have to do this so they do it. And they not even really understand what it's about.
okay? So then they miss out on all the benefits of, of what it's about. And in the context, uh, probably in, well, I could say in context, I guess, in, in the context of everything that we're all going through right now, okay, a lot of fear out there, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of upheaval out there, you know, people talking this and talking that, one, you know, one group saying that uh, God's, uh, you know, it's already a done deal, we're moving forward, everything's, you know, uh, we've conquered this, we're moving forward, and you got the other group over there saying millions are going to die yet and all this kind of stuff, and, and so, you know, the, you got all that out there, that's, of course, two ends of the spectrum. Now, uh, you know, personally, you know where we stand on this, you know, we stand in agreement uh, with our covenant and our covenant rights uh, that we don't have to, you know, no evil shall befall us, no plague come nigh us, right? No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. I mean, that's kind of how we stand our ground. But, you know, you know as well as I do that there's all kinds of things being said, all kinds of things going on out there. And so when we're partaking here, we're partaking of this knowing that even though all that's going on out there, uh, we, we're standing on our covenant rights with an almighty God, amen, and we're going to do it today through communion, all right? So praise the Lord. So let's go back up here again. Hallelujah. And we're going to go and take a look at this. Um, so anyway, verse 24, again, let's do that. And it says, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body. So we'll not listen. So this is my body, uh, amen, which is broken uh, for you, all right, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, it's a covenant acknowledgement here, all right? So now you think about everything here that's going on. Um, I, I kind of, when I, when I start, you know, thinking down this road, um, I always remember, um, you know, I, I think about what all has transpired up to this point. So here I am getting ready to partake of, of the elements, and my thoughts always go to, um, you know, I'm doing this, uh, expressing my commitment and my love for my God, but in the beginning, he's the one that started this because he, you know, our God sends his only begotten son into this world and knowing, okay, what was going to happen. He sends his only begotten son, so he's expressing his love. He's expressing his commitment toward you and me by sending his only begotten son. Then you look at Jesus' perspective. Here he is, you know, he's raised up, you know, uh, he goes through uh, the, the, several, uh, the few years of ministry. There's the, the price paid. There's, you know, the, the, the cross, uh, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension. Everything that he did was expressing to you and me of his love for us and his commitment to us. So now that's why when you start thinking about all this, he says, as often as you do this, you're doing this in remembrance of what I've done. In other words, you're doing this in remembrance of my commitment towards you. And he's asking of, of us as we do this that we're, we're also doing this as unto him. Amen. Hallelujah. It's our expression of our commitment. It's our expression of our love unto him. Now, just keep that in mind. So now let's take a look at the elements, okay? So you got the body is the first thing that he mentions. So he said, this is my body, okay? Now, um, I think what I'm going to do is just give you, you know, several verses. We, we, there's no way we can go through all of this and, and, you know, in the amount of time that we have with you today. But in Deuteronomy 16, it refers to when, he, when he's talking about the Passover, this is, of course, Moses uh, instituting the Passover and everything, and he called the bread. He made he, he he called it the bread of affliction. Okay, because of what it's going to represent. Okay, uh, so the you got to keep that in mind. It's the bread of affliction. Okay, now Jesus in John six, okay, he refer he says, "I am this bread. I am the bread of life. See, I am this bread." Okay, and that's why he's talking here, take, eat, this is my body, all right? So he's referring to himself as this bread of life, amen, 
He also later in that in John 6, uh, and I think it's like verse 51, he says that I am the living bread. He says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give, here we go, he defines it, is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. So now you start thinking about, you know, he, he laid down his life. A body now has taken a beating, stripes laid upon it, okay, it hangs on a cross, okay, we, of course, I'm cutting out a few details here, but, but the bottom line is this body took on uh, uh, affliction, took on stripes, took on uh, uh, this to pay a price for you and me, all right? So the scripture says this, okay, in Isaiah 53, in fact, I think I'm going to turn to that, I'll come back to this. But Isaiah 53, and it's a prophecy about what was going to happen. And he said this, it's a prophecy about Jesus. In Isaiah 53, in verse 4 and 5, I'll read it. It says, surely he, talking about Jesus, okay, he's prophesying about Jesus. He who has, uh, he has borne our griefs and our cross-references on that. And actually, if you look it up, it refers to sickness, okay, and he has borne our griefs or sicknesses and carried our sorrows. Okay, again, the cross-reference on that is, is pains. Okay, so he's borne our griefs and sicknesses, right? Carried our sorrows or pains, yet we esteem him stricken and smitten by God. This literally means struck down, right, and afflicted. Now listen, but he, here we go, was wounded... Right? Now, the bread of affliction, right? He was, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised, right? He was bruised, amen, for our iniquities. So he took something upon that body. All right? So every time you're partaking of that, you're doing it in remembrance of him. You're doing it that he paid a price. Now, please hear this because... You don't just sit there and partake of something, go there, okay, I did communion, and then you're all done. See, the Word even warns you about not doing that. I mean, if you read further on in 1 Corinthians uh, you know, chapter 11 there, uh, further on down, it warns you about not just partaking of it uh, like it's just some nonchalant thing. You gotta See, we're doing this in remembrance of what He's done. See, He paid a price. See, and you have a benefit... That if you partake of this, what you're doing, partaking of a covenant meal with him, and you're saying, I receive and I accept what you've done for me. You paid a price for me. All right? He was wounded for our transgressions. I'm back in Isaiah 53 again, verse 5. He was bruised for our iniquities. Okay? All right? The chastisement or correction of our peace was upon him. In other words, hallelujah, that word peace, shalom, uh, wholeness, completeness, right? Hallelujah. The chastis chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, in other words, what he took upon his body, we are, here we go, healed. We are healed. By what he partook, we can walk in divine health today because of what he did over 2,000 years ago. And we're reading here out of Isaiah, prophesying ahead. I'm not sure the time frame there, but it could be as much as, who knows, maybe a thousand years before he, he paid the price. I don't know the time frame. Please, uh, you know, don't be upset if I got that date wrong, because I'm sure I did. But, but we're talking about he prophesied something ahead. And here we are now 2,000 years later, and we are really able to partake of the benefits of what he did when he hung on that cross. Okay, so that's why it says, take, eat, this is my body. Amen, let me grab hold of it. This is my body. Now, you know as well as I do, we're looking at, uh, you know, for me anyway, I'm looking at one of these little wafers, okay? And, uh, you know, you may have a cracker or a chip or some kind of thing in your, in your, in your uh, presence there that you're using. And we know that this is just, you know, it's just a piece of bread. But... 
what we're doing is we're doing this and we're representing His body. And as we do this in remembrance, so we're marking our conscience, we're marking our, we're remembering what He's done. Because if we will do that, okay, then we can partake of the benefit of that. When you start thinking, you know, that you're not feeling good or, or you're fearful of what you could catch or what could be whatever, you, you're partaking, just doing this, you're saying, I'm doing this in remembrance of the price that you paid. You've done this for me. So I don't have to be sick. I don't have to be diseased. I don't have to be, I don't have to come under this curse in any way, shape, or form because a price was paid. All right? So he says that by, uh, by the stripes that he bore, we're healed, it says. Okay? Well, the uh, comes now into the new covenant. Let me just give you some references here because it, it quotes this reference out of Isaiah 53. In Matthew 8 and 17, he talks about he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. That's how it words it in Matthew 8. He himself, talking about Jesus, it was quoting that reference, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. 1 Peter chapter 2 brings out that uh, he himself bore our sins uh, in his body. And of course, it goes on talking about it, by hanging on a cross, all right? And, it's, and it goes on to say that by his stripes again. In other words, by the, the, the stripes laid upon him, by the cuts uh, that, uh, that, that, that cut through and, and blood flows, by those stripes, all right, uh, we are healed. In fact, in the New Covenant, in, in, in that 1 Peter 2.24 reference, it says we were healed. Because by this time now, in the writing of that, it's already a done deal. So it's past tense. So that's why in, the, in uh, Isaiah it says we are healed, okay, whereas the New Covenant now says we were healed, past tense, okay. So now you can stand on a covenant right, amen, that when you partake of this, amen, I'm receiving, amen, what he's done for me. He's expressed himself to do what he did. Now I'm expressing myself, praise God, to say I'm in agreement with that. I'm receiving that. Uh, I'm, I'm partaking of this covenant meal with him, receiving all that he's done for me. All right? The scripture also says in Galatians 3 that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us by, by hanging on a tree. Because it goes on to say those that, uh, you know, it says that cursed is though that those who hang on a tree. So that's what Jesus did. He hung on the cross for you and me. Amen. And part of that was to redeem us from the curse of the law. Now, if you ever take the time, and which I recommend you do once in a while, go back into, uh, like, for instance, um, Deuteronomy 28, for instance, and you're going to read the blessing. It really defines the, the blessing of Abraham, uh, the blessing, uh, you know, of the covenant. It's, it brings out the blessing, and then it brings out the curse, what the curse is. And if you go through the curse, a big chunk of that is talking about sickness and disease. Okay? So when you've partaken of this, you are receiving the fact that you're now redeemed from the curse because Jesus paid a price for that. So now no matter what's involved in that curse, you're redeemed from it because you're receiving your covenant rights, amen, concerning what Jesus has already paid for, amen, the price that was paid. Amen, that's good, that's good, uh, good promise there, amen. Praise the Lord. The Scripture also says, and I just grabbed this one, I mean we could... All day long, find verses about, about healing and, and everything. But uh, I just thought this was worthy of this. In Psalms 103, I think I used this uh, a couple weeks back here or whatever. But Psalms 103 and verse 3, it says uh, that uh, part of your benefits, he says, who forgives all your iniquities. And a lot of people, you know, don't have any, don't have any problem saying, yes, my, my sins are forgiven. Jesus paid a price for my sins. Absolutely he did. Praise the Lord. You're forgiven. And we're going to talk more about that here in a minute. But uh, you, uh, he's forgiven all your iniquities or your sins. But it also says then, who also, praise God, has healed all our diseases. Praise God. 
It not only forgives all your iniquities, he heals all your diseases. Praise God. Good promise. Amen. So that's the, that's the purpose of uh, the, the body. Amen. Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians again. Verse 11. I hope I'm not boring you today. Praise God. We're just going to take a little time, uh, do a little teaching on this, get a little understanding of what we're doing. Amen. And so hopefully that every time from here on out, when you partake of communion, the Lord's Supper, okay, partake of the elements, amen, that you have an understanding of what you're doing. I'm just going to say this to you. You know, when I even remotely am dealing with something, even physically, or I'm, I'm, I'm under the, you know, some battle going on, could be something, you know, dealing with, you know, me personally or something for the church or whatever, I, I'm quick to go do communion. I'll go in and I'll take time, I'll, whether I do it at home or I come down here, walk in the prayer room, uh, you know, I, I partake of communion. I settle it. Praise God. Price was paid. I'm redeemed from the curse. I'm redeemed from sickness and disease. Amen. Hallelujah. My, my God paid a price uh, for, uh, concerning this, praise God, so I wouldn't have to, praise God. Amen. So uh, to me, this is, is a powerful thing. Now, back to, back to verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 11. Now, let's look at this. It says, in the same manner, okay, now he's already partaken of the body. In the same manner, he also took the cup, okay, after supper, saying, this cup, okay, of course, he was holding a, a cup of wine, Okay, we've got a little, little juice things, what I got. I'm not sure what you got with you right now. But this cup represents something, the new covenant in my blood. Okay, do, or this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, saying the same thing. In other words, okay, so we need to understand, if we're going we're gonna to partake of this, what does it represent then, right? All right, what does it represent? Well, of course, he talks about the covenant here, which we'll get back to that, I think, in a minute. Let's just go ahead and talk about the blood for a minute. Let me give you some references on the blood. Again, I, I, there's no way to, uh, to go through all of this. We're just going to give you a half a dozen verses and then kind of move on here. But Ephesians 1 is pretty huge. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood. Okay, redemption. Okay, that, in other words, the price has been paid. You've been redeemed, purchased, bought back. Amen. That, uh, the, the enemy has no more hold on you because you've been redeemed by the blood. Praise God. Hallelujah. You've been redeemed. And it says through his blood. And then it says the forgiveness of sins. So there's that part about your sins being forgiven. So that blood, hallelujah, represents uh, redemption represents forgiveness. Uh, the verse prior talks about, uh, talks about the fact that you've been um, made accepted in the beloved. Amen. All of this, uh, so a way has been made because of the blood that was shed. Amen. Uh, Ephesians 2, uh, next chapter over, verse 13, it says, you, were, uh, you who were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So in other words, uh, part of what happened there was, uh, you know, because of sin, because of man's iniquity, I mean, back in the garden, one of the, the, the thing that happened when, when Adam committed high treason was there was a separation now uh, between man and God, okay? Uh, so what happened now, so here you are now, me and you, we're 2,000 years after the price has been paid. What happened also, not only was the body, uh, you know, uh, bruised and beaten and striped uh, to bear, uh, to, to, to take upon himself sickness and disease, okay, so you could walk healthy and whole, but now we're also seeing your sins are forgiven. Hallelujah, you're redeemed. Now listen, and it says that, You've been brought near unto God based on what the blood did. What that did then, see, is that made a way for you uh, to access, okay, the throne. See, he made a way so at any given time you have rights, covenant rights, to approach God, to draw near to God, to commune with God. Now you say, well, okay, uh, uh, 
What's that mean for me? Well, you know, it's amazing how many times somebody makes a mistake, blows it. Okay, we've all been there. Okay, we've all tripped up, stumbled. We've all, you know, made mistakes or even sinned because we knew what we were doing, but we did it anyway, uh, you know. And what happens then is the enemy tries to, you know, hit you with guilt, inferiority, uh, condemnation. And so you have to understand that you see a way's been made that even if you've made the mistake, now we're not condoning sin, we're not making excuses for sin or or saying that, you know, uh, you know, making light of it. We're just saying that, okay, the, the mistake's been made, the sin's been done. So what do you do with that? Well, most of the time that condemnation, guilt, and inferiority keeps somebody from moving forward in God. What it does is it keeps them. It keeps them under. So what happens is, is they don't approach God because they feel like they've, they've blown it. Uh, they have no right before God. They're, they're not worthy to come before God. Whatever the, uh, the mindset is, sometimes it's just religiosity. Sometimes it's just not knowing. Sometimes you just, you, we're just ignorant of the fact that we have a right to go before God. We have a covenant right to go before God. Now, this is what set me free. This is what set me free. When I first got saved, my goodness, I had, I still had issues. I mean, my issues had issues. I mean, we, I mean, I, I mean, I still had problems. I still had a problem with my mouth. I had a problem with my attitude. I had a problem. I still, I still picked up some of those uh, nasty habits and did things because I didn't know any better. I, 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 my, my, my spirit man's brand new. I'm a new creation in Christ. I didn't know all this then, but, but yet I received Him. I'm heaven bound based on a decision that I made for Christ, but I'm still needing my mind renewed. I'm still needing my life changed. I'm still needing to grow up and, and to develop in God. So along the way, I'm stumbling. I'm still, I'm still getting in trouble because of, of habits that I had, things that I got in trouble for, uh, you know, because I didn't know uh, that I'm free from all this yet. But if I, if I wouldn't have known that I could at least go to God See, I've been made the righteousness of God based on what Christ did. I'm now in right standing with an almighty God, and I now have access to God even though I've made mistakes. Now, a lot of the religiosity, a lot of people that are caught up in religiosity hey, sometimes don't like this message because they think we're giving everybody a license to sin. We're not giving anybody a license to sin. I mean, everybody's doing a pretty good job without a license, you know what I mean? But the point is, is it, you know, uh, it's not giving everybody a license to sin. We're just saying, listen, if you've messed up, the place that you need to be is in the presence of God. That's where you need to be. So Jesus not only made a way for you to walk healthy and whole physically, he made a way by his blood that you can approach God because the price for sin was paid. Redemption has been done and dealt with. You've been redeemed by the blood. You've been forgiven based on the blood. You have access to God based on the blood. So every time you partake of the elements, these are things you got to keep in mind. If you think you, your sin is so bad that you can't go before God, well, I'll tell you what then. Partake of communion, get it under the blood, and move on. All right? Uh, you know, you do, do what it takes, amen, to get yourself to move forward. Because the enemy's trying to keep you down. Now, the Lord knew that. That's why our Father, our Heavenly Father, uh, you know, um, expressed Himself through commitment and love to mankind by sending His Son, and why His Son paid the price that He did, because of his expression of commitment and love to you. And now all he's asking is for you to receive it. To partake of this and then express also your love and commitment. Amen. To move forward in him. Your love for him and, and your willingness to move forward in him. All right. So the blood not only represents uh, redemption and forgiveness, but it represents a restored fellowship. Maybe I could say it that way, a restored communion with God, fellowship with God, intimacy with God, made, uh, made a way so you could be brought near unto God, all right? 
that you'd have access. All right, another reference here. Let me give you some more here. I'm kind of getting a little preachy with that. Uh, but uh, maybe just say it this way. In Hebrews 9, it brings out, without going back and maybe reading all the way through it, but, uh, but Hebrews 9, verse 14, talks about, uh, about the blood, that it, it'll cleanse your conscience from dead works. It'll cleanse your conscience from dead works. Okay, cleanse your conscience from dead works. In other words, all those things behind you now that really were unnecessary, things that you did, whatever. So all that stuff back there that you did that you wish you wouldn't have done, maybe all that stuff back there that had no, no meaning, it should have never happened or whatever it is. But in other words, it'll cleanse your conscience from dead works. I like that. It'll cleanse, it'll mark your consciousness. Because if you stop and you think about guilt, inferiority, condemnation, I mean, what the enemy's doing is he's, he's hitting you with, uh, you know, with a mental battle. That's why it says that, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, talks about, uh, you know, the warfare, the mental warfare. That's why you got to cast down vain thoughts and imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's why it says, you know, not to be ignorant of, of Satan's devices. That just means head trips. These are all things that you, uh, you know, you, uh, that he's talking about because this is where the enemy hits you. Because he, he constantly brings up, okay, the, your, the remembrance of things of yesterday or yesteryear where you've blown it or you've, you've uh, you know, yielded to something you shouldn't have yielded to or you did something you shouldn't have done or you said something you wish you would have never said. He tries to bring that up and constantly beat you down mentally, all right, so that you're not moving forward in God. So part of the blood here, it literally says that the reason of it is it'll cleanse your conscience. Amen. It'll cleanse your conscience from dead works. Amen. In other words, it'll settle it. You know, when the enemy starts bringing up your past, that's why I say, shut up, devil. That's right. I did do that, but praise God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. That's all under the blood now. I walked uh, redeemed and forgiven. Hallelujah. I don't have to worry about all that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm moving forward in God. And that's what you got to do. All right. All right. Hebrews 13. I'm going to actually turn to that one because I like this reference. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13 and verse 20 says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, there we go, through the blood, that's what I'm going to bring out, through the blood of the everlasting covenant will make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And of course, that's again Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21. But through the blood... Amen. See, through the blood, He's making you complete, making you whole, perfect, complete, right, in every good work to do His will. And I just think, you know, it's just another thing that the blood does, all right, makes you complete, all right? And the reason that is is because of everything we just got done talking about. It makes a way that even though things have hung you up in the past, it makes a way for you to keep moving forward. That's the key. And, you know, you think about what all that the, our Father, Heavenly Father has done, what all our Lord and Savior has done, and, and here He has, you know, sent the, the Spirit of God as a helper to you and me. I mean, all that has happened, and here we are partaking today or at any other time that you're partaking of communion, the elements. What we're doing, we're doing it in remembrance of what He's done for us. Amen. I can walk healthy and whole because of what he's done. I can walk free from my past. Amen. I am not my past. Amen. I am not my mistake. I am not, uh, you know, that my addiction. I am who he says I am. And I can reach forward toward my future because he made a way. So that to me, this is what it's about. Everything he's done is to help us move forward. Amen. That's what we need to be doing is moving forward. All right. Now, let's, let's back up ver, uh, to 1 Corinthians again. And I'm going to read that. Uh, it says, this cup is the new covenant. So I just thought 
the new covenant in my blood. In other words, it, it validates, it's validated by the blood, the new covenant, the new covenant. And, you know, just, so, so we talk about the new covenant. So if there's a new covenant, you know, there was an old covenant. Now we all, uh, you know, when t- the word covenant itself means a testament or will or contract. Um, so uh, we know we have the old covenant and new covenant, all right? So the, we have the Aver- Abrahamic covenant or the Mosaic covenant, okay? But we also have the new covenant. So he's talking about, see, that's what, what part of what happened was that new covenant came into being because of, amen, uh, the blood, all right? The blood represents the new covenant, all right? Now, I want to just say this, okay? So a covenant, again, testament, a will, a contract, but it means a writing containing agreements or promises that have made, all right? And if you look up, if you like say, okay, what, how did a covenant transpire? It means a cutting where blood flows. Okay, so there was blood shed. That's the same with the old covenants and the same with the new covenant. Except Jesus was the Lamb of God that shed blood for you and me so we could have the new covenant. All right? All right. So uh, anyway, the new covenant, a writing containing agreements or promises made. So again, just another way of saying it, what you have in here in the new covenant. Now, we're not excluding the old covenant because the old covenant is there for a reason, to show us things, reveal things, teach us and, uh, you know, and instruct us on some things. But every time you, uh, you go to uh, move forward in God, we got to remember our new covenant. Okay, even when you're looking at stuff in the old covenant, we always look at it in the light of the new covenant, not the other way, uh, because there's just some things that in, under the old covenant that we're redeemed from. Okay, so I just thought I'd do this. Um, hopefully, it'll it'll do something for you here. But kind of looking at the difference between the old covenants and new covenants, just based on what the scriptures say. Okay, so you have your Abrahamic or Mosaic covenant, your old covenant. You have your new covenant, praise God, and according to uh, Hebrews, it says a new covenant established, uh, you know, uh, pardon me, a better covenant established on better promises. So let's look at some of them. So anyway, so under the old covenant, it's called the ministry of death. Okay, well, that don't sound fun. Well, the new covenant is called the ministry of the Spirit. That's what the Scripture says about all this. Under the old, the old covenant is called the ministry of condemnation, whereas the new covenant is the ministry of righteousness. The old covenant was according to the flesh or toward the, according to the natural, whereas the new covenant is according to the spirit. The old covenant was by the, the law through works. The new covenant is by grace through faith. The old covenant is, is living really by a list of do's and don'ts. Okay, a lot of lists there. If you go back to the old covenant, you see a lot of do this, do this, don't do this, don't do that. Okay, a lot of that. Well, you, have, you still have lists even in the new covenant, but... Amen. It's, it's, uh, it's living by daily communion. Everything that you see, even in the area of, of what God asks of us, He's telling us what to do, what not to do. He's saying, but you do it in His strength, not your strength. It ain't about you doing it all. You're doing it now in Him, okay? It makes that real clear. The old covenant, you had to earn righteousness. Under the, the new covenant, you receive righteousness. Under the old covenant, it talks about uh, you uh, talk about God communes with a priest and a prophet, but under the under the new covenant, he'll he'll commune with everybody, all who will commune with him, all who will fellowship with him. It made a way. That's why that part about remember he you now have access. You can now draw near based on what the blood has done. All right. Under the old covenant, it was the Levitic pardon me the Levitical priesthood that interceded, okay for for the people. Whereas under the new covenant, the great high priest himself, talking about Jesus, is now the one that intercedes for you. Amen. Okay, under the old covenant, there was a yearly sacrifice to cover sin. Under the new covenant, it was once for all to eliminate sin. In other words, what Jesus did, the word says, was once for all. All right, praise the Lord. I mean, you stop thinking about that. If everybody, we always had to offer an animal for sacrifice, there wouldn't be any animals left. There'd be, I mean, because everybody's trying to, Constantly offer up sacrifice. Praise God for what Jesus did. Amen. All right. Uh, under the old covenant, uh, it talks about the blood of the lamb, but of men. In other words, so it's 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 of men. It comes uh, based on men 
takes a lamb out of the flock and does, whereas the new covenant is the blood of the lamb, right? The lamb of God. So he himself became the lamb, all right? Uh, under the old covenant, it talks about sealed with circumcision, okay? The covenant being sealed with circumcision, whereas the new covenant, you're sealed with a new birth. You became a new creation the minute you received him, all right? Under the old covenant, talks about a temple, a place of worship, a place where he dwells, whereas the new covenant, now you become that place, the temple, the place where he dwells. You become the temple of the Holy Ghost, all right? Now, it doesn't mean that it excludes church. Of course you do. You got, you're still word, talking old covenant, new covenant about the house of God, the need for the house of God. But remember now, he comes and resides on the inside of you now. All right, praise God. Under the Old Covenant, it talks about God walking upon and walking with men, whereas under the New Covenant now, God walking, amen, or pardon me, God within and, and intimately communing with men on a day-to-day -day basis, okay? So that's kind of the, uh, just briefly the, the difference between Old Covenants and New Covenants, all right? Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, let's do this before we take communion. I'm going to go back to chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. Now, I want to bring back to your attention, uh, or back to your remembrance of something I said earlier in the service, um, that in context of what was going on here, he's talking about, you know, partaking of communion, he, and he basically brings out the right and the wrong ways of doing this. And, um, but in context, see, there was issues uh, in the church. There was issues in the Corinthian church there, and they had all kinds of dissension and uh, you know, little clicks and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, uh, you know, he, he's addressing some problems, all right? Now, I thought it was worthy of bringing this out, okay? So let's look at this in chapter 10, verse 16. It says, The cup of blessing which we bless, uh, which we bless, okay, so now get this, the cup of blessing which we bless, I'm in uh, 10, 16, hallelujah. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ, he's asking the question. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So he's saying, so when we're partaking of this, he says, does this not represent the body, this, this bread? Does not this drink represent the blood? So this represents the blood of Christ. This represents the body of Christ, all right? Now, he says this, for we, though many... So he's talking about you and me now, okay? Though we are many, are one bread and one body. For we all partake of that one bread. Now get a hold of this, okay? What he's trying to bring out too is remember this right here, when you're partaking of the bread, it represents the body of Christ. Now hang on, all through Scripture, all through the New Covenant, it brings out the fact that you're part of that body. We're the body of Christ. He's the head. We're the body. So he's trying to show you something that, that when we're partaking of this, another thing that you're going to have to understand, that part of communion is about bringing unity. It's not just about restoring something in your life and, 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 and again, trying to keep yourself connected based on what he's done, but also remember that what you're doing is about bringing unity amongst the body. Now, I'm bringing this out not because I feel like we have any issues or anything, because I, I, I don't. I feel like uh, you know most of our congregation, I think, they get along great, love. In fact, right now, because we haven't got to see one another much uh, over this last you know, several weeks, everybody's uh, you know, really looking forward to seeing one another, you know. So uh, I'm not bringing this out because I feel like there's any kind of dissension or division or anything like that, but I just want to bring to your attention, okay, that part of what we're doing here is also getting it settled on the inside. I'm not going to hold a fence against people or ought against somebody. I'm not going to sit here and be down on anybody. I'm not going to get, you know, under some kind of, uh, you know, uh, discord or dissension or contention or anything like that. Um, I'm not even going to uh, uh, sit here with any kind of accusation towards somebody. It isn't worth it. 
Now, the reason I'm saying this is because when I'm partaking of this, it's not just, it's not just me that receives the benefits of what he's done. Okay, that person sitting next to you, if there's anybody next to you at the moment, or you come to church or you sit down next to somebody, normally, you know, we're partaking together as a, as a body here. And uh, so you're sitting next to somebody who also, now hear this, is also receiving the same benefits. So not only are you forgiven, they're forgiven. And you got to keep that in mind. So when I'm, when I'm partaking, I'm not only receiving that my sins and iniquities have been, uh, the price has been paid for them and a wholeness and uh, a body and, and my new covenant and, I mean, I have access to God and, and you know, God's made a way for me and, uh, you know, I'm redeemed and, uh, you know, it isn't just what's going on in my life. You have to remember that person sitting next to you has also got the same thing going on for them. So it's, it's kind of hard. That's what Paul's trying to bring out to him. He says he's, he's letting it be known. Listen, you guys are missing the point of what communion's about. Okay? You're missing the point. Because you're not only forgiven, that guy next to you is forgiven. So for you to partake of communion and still hold ought against somebody or, you know, hold uh, something against them, their past against them, is a wrong thing to do. You got to remember, they're just as forgiven as you are. They have just as much access to God as you do. They're just as much a part of this new covenant as you are. And that's what Paul's trying to bring out here. In fact, if you go all the way through several of these chapters here, you know, he's dealing with this. He's talking about bringing people together, and he's talking about then he brings out the fact that when you come together in communion, Remember, this is why we're doing this. And then he goes on and he starts talking about the gifts, about the diversity, uh, you know, talking about unity in the midst of diversity, that everybody's got strengths. Everybody's a part of the body. Everybody has a purpose in the body, okay? And so even though maybe they're, they haven't arrived yet, they haven't done everything perfect yet, they haven't said every, you know, maybe they haven't learned how to get their mouth in check yet or learned how to, uh, you know, to, to walk this thing right in every area of their life. Then we have to remember that not only are you redeemed, not only are you forgiven, so are they. And they have just as much, uh, 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 they are just as much a part or have just as much a place in the body as you do. Now keep that in mind. And like I said, it's a, it's a little awkward because nobody's in the room at the moment, but I'm talking to you in your living room or wherever it is you're listening or watching. Amen. Just keep in mind that when you partake, amen, part of this is not just the benefits of what you're receiving, but understand that that person maybe you have a little problem with or a little issue with. Remember, they too uh, are a part of this body. They too are a part of the body of Christ receiving the same benefits, amen. And I just think, if, you know, if we all got a hold of this, I tell you what, we could, walk, uh, we, could walk, we could walk free a whole lot quicker. If we could just see that, everybody that's in the body, amen, regardless of where their background, regardless of what they're going through, regardless of the issues, they have just as much benefits and rights in the kingdom of God as you do, praise God. And it's, it's just worthy of, of hanging on to that, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right, with that said, I'm going to do this, okay? We're going to uh, partake. If you're there, I, I hope, that, hope that maybe you got something in hand there and, uh, or it might be kind of silly me doing this in front of you and you're not doing it, but, but uh, I'm hoping that maybe wherever you're at right now uh, that you too are going to partake with me. And so as often as we do this, we're doing this in remembrance of Him. So I'm asking right now for, you know, if you've got the elements in hand, I'd ask that you put, uh, you know, the, the body, the, the bread, whatever it is you've got in, in hand there, put that in, and you will partake of that together. Amen. And we're doing it in remembrance of Him. So, Father, we partake of the bread. We give thanks for the price that was paid, the stripes 
on your body. We thank you, Lord God, hallelujah, that we are healed. I rebuke the curse. I take authority over sickness and disease. We take authority even over this virus. It will not come near us. No evil shall befall us. No plague come nigh us. Hallelujah. No weapon, no matter what the enemy's tried to form, hallelujah, no weapon formed against us will prosper. We're not only forgiven, we walk healthy. Hallelujah. We walk whole in body. Praise God. We give praise. We partake now of the drink. We give thanks, Lord God. Hallelujah. This represents this new covenant, this better covenant established on better promises. Hallelujah. That we are redeemed. We've been bought and purchased based on that blood that was shed. We're forgiven. Hallelujah. We're forgiven. No matter what, what mistake was made, no matter the error, no matter, no matter the, uh, the sin that we committed right now, we put it behind us, we put it under the blood. We walk forgiven. I thank you, Lord God, that we have access to you, that we can approach you without condemnation and guilt. Hallelujah, that, Lord, you have an answer, that you have, praise God, Hallelujah, uh, a, a direction to give us, a, a word to give us. Hallelujah, uh, 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 extended arm, hallelujah, hand, hallelujah, love, praise God, a committed love toward us, hallelujah, that regardless of what has happened, we can walk free from it based on your love and commitment toward us and the price that was paid. We thank you, Lord God, hallelujah, that we walk free, hallelujah, from all that mess in our past, praise God. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That we're, our conscience is cleansed. Hallelujah. From dead works. Hallelujah. This, we just let go of it right now. No matter what's happened, we let it go. I thank you, Lord God, we're made complete in you. We receive that. So, Father, we give you the praise and we give you the glory. Hallelujah, that we walk free and free indeed. Hallelujah. So we're thankful for our covenant. We're thankful for our covenant rights. We're thankful, Lord God, that we can stand, praise God, free, hallelujah, from the curse. Hallelujah. Free from sickness and disease. Free from mistakes, sin, the past, whatever. And we receive it. We give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I hope you received that, and again, I'd like to take a minute, and if you're out there and you say, you know, I, I've never really, you know, took that first step and made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life, well, I'm just asking, all right, today, this would be a great day for you to do that, amen, to just accept Him into your life. The Word says to believe it in your heart and then to confess it out your mouth, that's, the, that's how it works, and so you believe what the price that was paid, everything we talked about today was so you would believe, amen, that He's done something for you. And if you'll believe that and accept that, amen, and then confess out your mouth that I receive that, I believe that, and I confess Him as my Lord, amen. When you do that, the Word says that new birth manifests for you. You become a new creation in Christ, born again, praise God. No longer hell-bound, you're now heaven-bound based on a decision that you made, hallelujah. And if, you, if you're doing that, amen, I recommend to do that, amen. And if you've done that for the first time, amen, you said, Jesus, come into my heart, I receive you today. Do a glorious work with this life. I trust you, I believe in you, and I, I choose to move forward in you in Jesus' name. And if that's the first time you've done that, then I'm asked, let me know about it, amen? Let us hear about it, amen? Send us an email, whatever. Let us know you did that for the first time. We'd love to hear from you. Hallelujah. Now, I'm just again telling everybody, thank you for listening in. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come into your living room or wherever, amen, and give you the word of God.
And hopefully today uh, you're leaving with a, uh, with a fresh insight about communion and got blessed by it. And so with that said, I call you blessed. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to take a moment here and go ahead and take up our offering. Normally, uh, we've got a praise and worship team going here and, and everything and how it kind of works here. And it's a little different when you're talking to an empty room, and, uh, but we still feel like in our heart we still need to do this uh, as if we were having a service and uh, for multiple reasons, but one of them being uh, those that are giving. Uh, some of you are bringing your, uh, your tithe and offerings uh, into the, uh, to the location where we're at. Some of you are mailing it. Some of you are doing online giving. And for all that, we're, no matter how you're doing it, we're just so grateful uh, that you're sowing and, uh, into this ministry. We're grateful Lord, uh, to the Lord for uh, you know, just your willingness to, uh, to follow the Word of God concerning your giving. And so I wanted to take a time then not only to give you a little word, a little nugget like we do every time, but also like to pray. I, I like to pray over your seed. I like to pray over your tithes and your offerings. Amen. So let me give you a little word here. All right. Here's Proverbs 11. It says this. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. There is one who withholds uh, more than is right, but yet it leads to poverty. So it's talking about somebody being open-handed or close-fisted here. Okay. This is what it's talking about. He says the generous soul, in other words, one that's open-handed, will be made rich. Literally just, I mean, it means just that, prosperous. Uh, talks about uh, just having an abundance, having a, a bunch, okay, <laughs> however you want to word it. Amen. So a uh, generous soul be made rich, and he who waters, in other words, he who uh, lets loose of it, will also be watered himself, all right? He, uh, the people will curse him who withholds grain, in other words, close-fisted, but blessing will be upon uh, the head of him who sells it. And that word actually means releases it. So it's, again, talking about the difference between being open-handed and closed-fisted. All right? So anyway, uh, you know, there's a, there's a promise, a promise of increase, a promise of wealth, a promise of being, as a, the Bible says, being rich by being liberal in your giving, being generous, being open-handed when it comes time to your giving. Praise God. One uh, uh, years ago, kind of an old phrase you hear uh, concerning another uh, company used it for, for their, uh, their product, but it just kind of made sense uh, for, for us here when it comes time to giving, and that is to we, we need to live to give and give to live, praise God, amen. And that's to me, that's exactly what we do. Uh, I heard it said one time that uh, uh, we got to get addicted to giving. Amen. Be liberal. In other words, get addicted to giving. And if you get addicted to giving, God will support your habit. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So what I'm going to ask here, praise God, is uh, those that uh, have their seed, get their seed in hand. Okay, so those of you that are going to either bring in uh, your offering or mail it or, or online, however you want to do it, whatever, just a point of contact because I'd like to pray over it. All right. So if you got that in hand, let's do this. All right. Father, I just give praise and glory right now for the faithfulness of your people, their willingness to honor you with their increase and to honor you, Lord God, with their substance. Father, we thank you for the promises that are attached to our giving. Lord, to those who are uh, right now giving forth their tithe, Lord, the promise of uh, an open heaven, as your word uh, defines out that it's an unstopped window. Praise God. The windows of heaven being unstopped. And that's what we're praying over our tithers the unstopped windows of heaven, pouring out blessing that literally overtakes them, overwhelms them as it's defined out, praise God, the blessing that'll be more than enough, praise God. So I pray that over them. And I thank you that the devourer has been rebuked for their sake. Hallelujah. They will not take of their increase any longer, not take of their profit any longer. He'll, he's not allowed in their fields to steal their crops any longer, praise God. We thank you for that promise. I thank you, Lord God, for those given offerings today, that as your word says, that when you give, it comes back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto them, that all grace would abound toward them, that they always having all sufficiency in all things, and they have an abundance for every good work. So, Father, we give praise for these promises. I thank you, Lord God, for our harvest, 
Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, for our inheritance, that we inherit wealth, that it fills our treasuries, that we inherit the land and dwell in it forever, that we walk in the inheritance of the saints in the light, praise God, and we give praise for that. Thank you again for the fullness of the blessing in complete manifestation, that they're blessed going in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed in their homes, blessed in their fields. When the enemies come at them one way, they're fleeing seven, and they're defeated before their very face. Thank you, Lord. You commanded a blessing on their storehouses and to all to which they uh, lay their hands. Hallelujah. And I give thanks and honor, Lord God, that you've declared them a holy people, revered and respected, and even feared by many because of what they stand for and who they stand with. We thank you, Lord God. They're the lenders and not the borrowers, that they owe no man nothing but to love them. Hallelujah. So I thank you for debt cancellations, debt eliminations, early uh, payoffs, whatever it takes, Lord, to get them free from debt. And again, I thank you that they're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.